Welcome to the Just What I Needed to Hear podcast with Yoga Farm Ithaca, where we teach you how to live the principles of yoga both on your mat and off the mat in the living curriculum of your precious life. Nothing that we apply to anything in life is outside of, parenting is not outside of the realm of anything that we're working with or applying in life. We want it to be. You know, this is why like some people, many, many of us like do all the things to be the best parent and read the right books and do trainings and to, you know, like whatever, whatever. But the fact is the only kind of parents children can have are human parents. That's all that's possible. And it's actually what they need. They don't need bear parents or alien parents or they, they need human parents. They need to see you go through your shit, mess things up lose track of all that's important. And if you're in a process, a healing process, a do better process, a growth, healing, evolution, flourish process of any kind, they will benefit deeply and they will learn that it's okay that they're imperfect and that they're able to meet their own monsters. And, and, uh, They've had the visceral experience of watching you go through something and change. And that's powerful. Now, sometimes we don't see that. We see our parents just, you know, stay in whatever they're in that's messy and ugly and unkind to us or unattuned to us or whatever it is. And we still learn from that. You know, we do. We, we learn from their negative example. We learn from the trauma that we need to work through. And we end up being huge supports and healers to others in their trauma. And this is the human reality. So our regrets and our, and our pain over, you know, what we know we did that we wish we could have done better. Boy, there's nothing more poignant than that in the realm of parenting. But every parent has it to some degree or another. If you've got it to a light degree, you're going to make much of that and treat yourself like you, like they witnessed you murder their other parent or something. Like seriously, we have to let ourselves be imperfect parents and we have to let those around us be imperfect parents. Sometimes someone would sweetly, lovingly, like to help me, say to me when I was like a young four agonizing over something, uh, they would say, you were doing the best you could. And, you know, I was like, I fucking hope not. Like, I really hope that's not the best I've got, you know, and it just felt awful. Byron Katie, by the, I didn't bump into her till I was 42. But at the school for the work that I attended, she said, look, here's what that really means. You were doing the best you could, really, based on the thoughts you were believing at the time. So you know the abusive parent is often bouncing off old unhealed trauma and they believe they can't do it right anyway and they're a piece of shit and it's never going to work anyway and they probably fucked their kids up in utero and so at this point they've done so many things wrong it's hopeless and they're full of anger and frustration. And that doesn't make you more loving to your kids. That makes you more crazy with them and meaner with them. I've had my own experiences with that. Look, we all need to step it up, right? Like there's there's no point in our life where we've attained something where there's no next step up. And 
so that's not exclusive to parenting either. And doing the best you can doesn't mean, so just stop there. That's good. Right? It just means, oh, okay, actually what you're doing makes sense. Actually what you're doing comes out of this inner climate that you need to change or the outer stuff, you know, is going to be what it is. Uh, but it's all forgivable. It's all understandable. It's all normal. It's all part of the human journey. Okay, here's a fascinating thing. So part of the work of Byron Katie, now that we've already mentioned her, is to, yeah. to take anything you're saying about somebody else and, and do the, the turn, say it about you. Let me give you an example. What, so an example uh, Katie loves to give when she's just explaining the turnarounds is, so let's say, let's say you're saying, um, Paul should listen to me. Let, that's like a classic sentence she had. I think she used to be married to somebody named Paul. Paul should listen to me. So then, uh, so one turnaround is I should listen to Paul. And then you don't do that to lay some trip on yourself that, you know, oh my God, I haven't listened to him perfectly. I'm the bad one. You, you like, I should, okay, so let me, I should listen to Paul. Well, you know, uh, sometimes I don't listen to Paul when, um, when I'm exhausted and it just feels bad to listen. So, uh, and actually I'm messing this up because the sentence is really, uh, Paul doesn't listen to me. So I, so it's like, you're looking at how I don't listen to Paul. Okay, well, I don't when I'm exhausted and actually what I need more than listening to Paul is not listening to Paul. And I don't listen to Paul when he complains about his mother because I'm tired of that topic. And I don't listen to Paul uh, when he's telling me what's wrong with me because I don't want his opinion on that anymore. And so do you, so do you see that the turnaround to the self doesn't mean now you attack yourself. It right. just means you're looking for how is, how is it true that I do this and you're going to find some new angle on truth. So you don't do the work. You don't do inquiry of any kind with some foregone conclusion. You do it to understand better the truth of what's happening than whatever your typical narration about it is, your unexamined thoughts. This is just important for all of us to take in. This was huge for me. Most of my training in looking at victim mentality, being a victim, victimizing was just looking at myself. I was a huge victim for a long time. Because in presence, you know, well, where's the boundary right now? Well, who's the right comforter and soother right now? What's the empowering message right now? And when you don't know, you don't know. And you just be in the reality without thinking these things shouldn't be happening to your kids. And you sit with them so that later in life, they can sit with themselves when the hard things happen. Parents speak that language a lot, like about it breaks my heart. And, and one of the things you said was it really breaks my heart. You know, we could even substitute the word literally to like really hear how off this is. It literally breaks my heart. It doesn't literally break your heart. It doesn't really break your heart. It actually, in fact, does not break your heart. And I, that's one of those watch your language things that I really worked on because so as a four, I often said things like it breaks my heart, you know, whatever big emotional language there is for something I would use it. Um, and, and it's not about not using, it's about hearing ourselves when we use it so that we can pause and go, okay, this is just the place where, oof, that's a really hard part of the human journey. It's very hard for me to let my kids have a normal human journey 
there's that still that unenlightened part of me that wants them not to suffer. And I know they are going to, and I know they have to, and I know no human being escapes it. And I shouldn't even vote for my kids not to suffer. And to just remember that again, and, and shouldn't is the wrong word, of course. Um, but when we remind ourselves, that would be something I would tap, by the way, you know, when we, when we be with the pain of that and, and our longing to somehow, because, you know, that's also where we want to escape the suffering. We want our kids to escape the suffering. And no, we actually are equipped to face it. And it really is okay for us on planet Earth to experience these painful things. And as we don't lie to ourselves about that and keep teaching ourselves and our kids and everybody that we're actually equipped to meet it, we get pretty strong. We get pretty badass. We get uh, pretty able to support others to heal themselves faster and to get be done with unnecessary suffering. So, because there's plenty that, that happens that, you know, we don't get a vote about, but all the ways we lay trips on ourselves and agonize. And really when we tell ourselves it should break our heart, you know, for our kids to go through hard things, we're creating more of that unnecessary suffering.